Well, we're doing another question this week, uh, and we'll be in the book of Romans along with some other places as well. We'll be in looking in the book of Romans. Uh, again, we're always interested in having questions come our way, uh, and we will do our best to answer uh, those. Sometimes we bunch them together, sometimes we wait for certain things, other times we address them different ways, but we usually try to get to questions. Um, we want people to be educated and understand things, so uh, that's what our task is as teachers, to try to do that. So I told you in the past about my children and my dislike for cell phones and their desire for cell phones in general. Uh, and I told you, I think, that it ended up that we got the two older ones a cell phone. They're in a different, lots of different places these days. And uh, uh, so with that, as we got them cell phones, we have rules. Lots of rules that go with them. I looked at it as I'm either going to guide them in the framework of my family, give them guidance and give them direction and give them ability and help and learn how to use them with wisdom and rules, or I'm not and I'm just going to release them into the world someday and they're going to do their own thing and figure it out on their own. So I'd rather them figure it out with us around to help them out. We have a bunch of different rules. They don't go into their bedrooms with them at night. They get plugged in downstairs away from everything just because it doesn't need to be a distraction. Along with other rules. And we have done these rules to try to help our children learn. Our oldest child has had the most difficult time with the ability to put down the phone and walk away. And I know a lot of adults have the same, very same difficulty with that. But that has been the truth with this child since she was very young with television shows and anything else. And so we have worked for 10 years probably at this point to try to get her to be able to break away from those things and not have the bear come out, which does, as soon as you shut off the technology somewhere along the line, along out comes some angry bear that doesn't go away for sometimes a whole day. So now as a teenager, you can imagine it's not gotten better, right? So we have continued to work and continue to try to help our children learn. Now, along with the oldest learning these things, uh, oftentimes the oldest has had the cell phone taken away for long periods of time sometimes to help her understand that you're not going to be able to do whatever you want to do. And you have to listen. And we're going to help you do this. And when you get it back, you're going to learn how to control this better. You're going to learn how to have some self-control. Now... That and other privileges get taken away on a regular basis. And we've had battles in our household about it. And that phone has been hidden, sometimes for weeks at a time. Gone away. But, even with that struggle that our oldest has, meanwhile, all the three younger ones are watching. And they are looking to see what she does. And how she gets in trouble. And how when she 
struggles with something, I'm not going to do that. Hopefully, that's the goal. And yet, I told you another one has it, and yet she has struggled a bit too. And this one of the younger ones that has learned has also struggled. So this is the truth about the older and the younger, and the younger kind of learning from the older siblings. If you've been in a family, you've seen that, right? The oldest one goes through everything and fights and pushes and stands up against everything, and the younger ones kind of watch to see where the boundaries are. They watch, and hopefully they learn, but it's not always true. They don't always learn. Now, with this in mind... We're going to turn to our question today in the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 11, as we look at this, and we are going to explain and look at the roles of Jews versus Gentiles. And if you hang on with me through this, we'll get you there. How do cell phones and Jews and Gentiles have anything to do with one another? Hang on, we will get you there. But listen about this before we read the verse. This verse, uh, I think when you read it, may have something a little shocking to you in it. And I think the questions that come up about the Jewish people versus the Gentile people is in the midst and the crux of that verse. We're going to look at the explanation of that verse. We'll get to that in a moment. First, you need to understand Jewish people. Who are they? They are God's chosen people. All right? People from the nation of Israel today, modern Israel, uh, all the way back through, beginning with a man called Abraham. Abraham was their father, and we will get back to him in a little bit. The Gentiles, the way that God talks about the Gentiles, basically that's everybody else, the whole rest of the world, which is an interesting way, the whole rest of the world. It's an interesting way to split it up, right? This little tiny nation and then the rest of us that aren't that little tiny nation. Okay, so why does God do it? Well, let me tell you, there's purpose behind everything that God does. And as we look and learn, we understand there's always something bigger going on. God has a plan. God has direction. God is not messing anything up. He knew exactly the steps that would be taken and that would be needed to accomplish his goal. And so the Jewish people along with the Gentile people, we will see, are all a part of that plan. Okay? So just like uh, we as parents have a plan, hopefully, to try and do something bigger and better um, for our children and try to teach them something, God had a plan as well. So let's dig in here. Romans chapter 11, verse number 11. This is written by Paul explaining... uh, What is happening between the Jews and the Gentiles? I say then, have they, that is the Jews, stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now that kind of dumps you right in the middle and the crux of what Paul is talking about. 
the Jewish people from the very beginning uh, were God's chosen people. And what he says is the Jewish people have stumbled. The Jewish people have stumbled. Now that verse, when you read it, says, if the Jewish people didn't stumble, it appears to say Gentiles would never have salvation. Right? If you read that, the Gentiles wouldn't have salvation if the Jewish people didn't stumble. But I think there's something a little bit deeper to understand in those words. And we're going to get there. If you read more of this chapter, you will find there is some more depth. Okay? But will suffice it to say the Jews have stumbled, and with this stumbling, they pass something on. Okay? The Gentiles get passed something on to them. And that is labeled as their salvation. Okay? That's labeled in this verse as their salvation. It comes directly to the Gentiles as salvation. All right? And then he says something more. Because the Gentile, the rest of us, get salvation... He says, the Jewish people will become jealous. They will be provoked to jealousy, and they will get jealous about something. All right? Now, let's start back at the beginning. Let's start back at the beginning. And the only way to start back at the beginning is kind of at the roots. Okay? So we've got these roots in a tree... This is a tree, in case you guys didn't know. I'll label it, just so you know. All right? It's a tree, and if you were to look at the Jewish people, they are part of this tree. All right? Let's skip along to verse number 16 in the same chapter as we get a little bit more picture of what's going on. Verse 16, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So here is the picture. Here is this big, beautiful tree. And it's an olive tree, okay? It's an olive tree. And it has natural, beautiful branches. And then there's these scrubby, wild kind of thing here, okay? And this is a wild olive tree, and it doesn't bear good fruit. That is what he explains as the Gentiles are this wild olive tree, okay? Gentiles are the branches of this wild olive tree. And he says the Jewish nation is like this, okay? The Jewish nation is over here. Now, the Jewish nation, when they stumbled, when they messed up, it was like they got all their branches broke off that tree. Okay? And at that time, God says, I'm going to take these branches off this wild olive tree, cut them off, and I'm going to put them into this tree and put these wild olive branches into this tree. Now... To understand that, so he, Paul says, 
Israel is like the natural branches. But the Gentiles, everybody else, is like these wild ones that got cut from those wild trees and grafted in. And if you know anything about fruit production, uh, this happens all the time in fruit production. In fact, almost every time, almost all fruit trees that actually produce good fruit have a different, hardier rootstock, and they graft in the actual branch that you're going to get fruit out of. Okay? And that brings life and depth up to that branch so it can produce good fruit. You can have trees with multiple different kinds of fruit grafted on the same tree. As long as it's compatible, it will work. And this is what he's talking about. He cut them off and grafted them in, and they grew. Now, the part that he cut off, the part that broke off, were the Jewish people. The part that he grafted in were the Gentile people. So the Jewish people are not the tree itself, but they're the natural branches to the tree. The tree itself is God. Okay? It is Christ Jesus. And much more than that, it is the faith in God, okay? Specifically, having faith in God. So any person who has had faith in God from the very beginning has been a part of this tree, all right? The Jewish people, because God said, I choose you as a nation, have been what they call the natural part of the tree. So a long, long time before, God chose one man. All right? God chose one man, and he chose him for a certain reason. God had a purpose behind it all. So he chose Abraham. And Abraham, it said, was that father of the Jewish nation. Okay? He had a promise from God and he believed in that promise and that brought him to have uh, to be the father of the Jewish nation. So, does God want the Jewish people to be saved or does he want the Gentile people to be saved or is there something else happening? Did the Jews get thrown away when the Gentiles came in? Now, if you know any parent, okay, that's any decent parent, they pay attention to every one of their children and love every one of them, whether they're firstborn or not, whether they're adopted or natural. They love their children. Okay? And God has looked out across uh, the world and said, I want every one of these people to be saved. Second Peter, we're going to switch back to Second Peter just for a moment, because this is an, an important verse to know. Second Peter chapter 3. Keep your hand in Romans, because we're going back there. Second Peter chapter number 3. Verse number 
And the crux of our question is, did the Jewish people have to fall in order for the Gentiles to be saved? Is it one or the other? And the answer simply is this, chapter 3, verse number 9 of Second Peter. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So as God looked down across the world, humankind, all of history, into the future, God says, those are my special creation. Those humans. And I want to save them. All of them. And so he came up with a plan. A perfect plan, made perfect, in the midst of a world that was falling apart. And with that, he said, there's an important piece that I need for salvation. Verse number 20, back in Romans 11, verse number 20, as we take on the rest of the story, Romans 11, verse 20, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, that is, the Jews. And thou standest by faith. faith. Be not high-minded. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. All right? So, what made the difference? Why did God pick Abraham out of anybody in the world? Because Abraham was not Jewish. Jewish people didn't exist. There wasn't a nation at the time. He lived in a place called Ur. I don't know anybody else that lived in Ur, okay? <laughs> Not too many people live in Ur today. He just was a guy, and God looked across the world and said, That man has faith. I pick him. And he picks him, and he says, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. You just believe my promise. And he goes through, and he has a trouble even having one child. Until he's 100 years old, he doesn't have his first child. Okay? And God says, I'm going to make a great nation through you. In fact, you'll be the father of many nations. And so Abraham is chosen, and Abraham's children grow into this Jewish nation. Okay? God says, this is my plan. I'm going to pick that man. And I am going to use them, his family, as an example. I am going to make a picture of my love towards everyone in the world through that man and his family. And I'm going to show everybody that in order to do it right, you need to be separated out from the rest of the world. And so he chooses Abraham and says, here's the rules. Here's the things you'll be living by. Here's the things you're going to do. You're going to listen to me. You're going to have faith in me. When I tell you to get up and walk, you're going to walk. When I tell you to stay here, you're going to stay here. When I tell you to go fight these people, you're going to fight them. And when I tell you not to, you're not going to. And the Jewish people, as that example nation for the rest of the world, went through terrible things. From slavery 
to near annihilation again and again and again and again. And God has saved them and God has brought them back because he chose them from the very beginning and his promises are good from the day he said them to Abraham until the end of the world. All right? And so he says, though you have fallen. So how did the Jewish people fall? The Jewish people fell because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into the world through that nation. And as a nation, they said, eh, he's not it. We've been looking for this Messiah. We're longing for this Messiah. We'll tell you what he's like. And you go through all the Jewish Old Testament prophets, and all of a sudden Jesus comes and walks on earth, and they say, let's kill him. And so they stumbled. And they stumbled many times before then as well. But it says, though he stumbles, they're not going to fall. Because I love them. Right? So these natural branches, it's like they got broken right off. And at the time where they turned their backs on Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, God in human flesh, God says, but my second half of my plan is this. I'm going to pass the torch on. All right? It's like two siblings watching each other. The rest of the world's been watching the Jewish people and watching and watching and watching. And as a person that was in the rest of the world, you could go to the Jewish nation and be picked up by them, adopted by them. People did it all the time throughout the Old Testament. And they, they went to the Jewish nation and says, I believe in your God. I don't even know who you people are, but I believe in your God. I've seen what happens. They watched as Joshua marched across the promised land, and they were scared to death of the God that was going to take down the city of Jericho. And Rahab, who was a prostitute, said, I believe in your God. And she was accepted in. Right? So anyone who saw that separated group of people, the Israelites, could say, I believe in that God too. And they would be taken in to the natural branches. But by the time Jesus Christ came along, and they said the Jewish people outright basically rejected Christ, God says, now here's my second plan. Here's the next part of my plan. I'm going to hand the torch over to my church. My church has now got the torch of telling the world and being separate and showing who I am to the rest of the world. I'm going to hand the torch to them. And that is going to make the Jewish people jealous. But I still have a plan and all of that. I'm going to hand the torch to them, and they're going to tell about me, about all the rest of the world. They're going to get my news, the gospel news, to the rest of the world. And in verse number 28 in chapter 11, as concerning the gospel or the story of Christ, they, the Jews, are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved. For the Father's sake. So the, the Jewish people 
have basically rejected the gospel, the story of Christ. Come to earth. God, come to earth. But they are still my children, he said. And I have a plan for them because I love them. And so the torch was passed on to the church to make sure to tell all the world about Christ. That's the point of the grafted in branches. The wild Gentile branches get grafted in so we now can tell the rest of the world about Christ. We've taken the torch up and said, Let's, we've got the light. It's our responsibility to do it. We watched, and they stumbled. Be careful we don't stumble either. And that was exactly what Paul said, is be aware. You're grafted in branches. Beware that you don't get taken away by the world. Just like the Jewish nation was taken by the world. Don't think you have everything all special here. You're part of God's plan, but beware. You think the natural branches can't, uh, can, can't be knocked off. You guys are just grafted in. So as the church, we take the torch, we go through, and we now have the ability to tell others about Christ. We have the responsibility to tell others about Christ. We watch as they stumble. Yes, we've come grafted in, and now it's our responsibility. But God has not abandoned Israel. In this whole thing, God's plan is this. In the end times, there will be a great turning back of the Jewish people. And at that time, God's total plan, which was always there from the beginning, will be that all of his people who have faith, who come from the root, the true root with faith in God, from faith in Christ Jesus, those people will all be together in eternity. We will share eternity with our Jewish brothers. Right? The older brothers, the ones that we watched, and we said, oh, yeah, they stumbled. We got the torch. We're doing it now. He said, just be careful. We learned from the older, the older generation, right? We learned from the older brother when we watched him fall. Okay, let's do this well. Let's be careful. Not to get wrapped up in all the other things, but to keep our focus on Christ. And it says that will actually turn. And that happens with kids, right? Sometimes the second or third or fourth in a row gets a little bit right. And the firstborn's a little angry that they didn't quite get it right. And they want a piece of that again. So they come back and say, I want to do that. I want to get it right. And God's perfect plan is to get all of us in, everyone who believes, all together. He used the nation of Israel as that picture for a long time. And now he, and he says, they, you've got the torch. And now the church he uses, because Christ came to earth, he says, now you've got the torch of the picture of the gospel. Tell everybody about it. And once you do that, Israel will turn back, and God, in his mercy and his love, will 
bring all of us together and bind all of us together in his wisdom, he'll bring back all the family together and we'll all be in eternity as brothers and sisters in God. So God's plan was to make sure that there was always a way to him and that throughout the history of the world there was a way that pointed back to him. And even when the Jewish nation said, we reject him, pick up the torch right there, the church does, and goes on and says, I've now got him. Don't think that there aren't many people in the Jewish nation that are turning back. All right, People that are uh, called the Messianic Jews, and there are large groups of them, Growing and growing and growing, people have said, he's the Messiah. That's the very same thing as a Christian, but you just have the natural branches. That's all. You just have the roots in your family. So whichever you are, whether you're grafted in or natural, God's had the plan from the very beginning to say, everyone gets here by faith. That's what we need. And that's what the separation is, is just the pathway and basically where you were born, but God used that pathway to teach us about God through the Jewish nation and then to use the rest of us in the church to push everybody and say, let's come to the Lord. That's the plan, and that was the point of being one being knocked out for the other, the branches being knocked off, and then the Gentiles taking over for the short time in history. So that's the, the crux of the question. Again, is one knocked out forever? No, no, no. God's plan was to provide for both of them and give them a direction and allow the light to get to all the world throughout history. And that's how he did it. Thank you very much. Thank you.